For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What's going on, Thunder fans? If you're listening to this podcast episode, the recap of the Thunder's game four of the season against the Boston Celtics, a loss at home, 101 to 95. If you're listening to this one, then you are either a true hashtag ThunderBlue Thunder fan, or you're a very, very angry Thunder fan. In either case, welcome. With me today is my co-host, the pastor who is probably angrier than any of us, Dylan Hunsinger. What's up, Dylan? I'm not happy, Stephen. Not (laughs) happy. Do tell. You're not happy, really? (sighs) You know, I, mm, I... I said all week that I don't care if we lose the Boston Celtics. Obviously, I want to win. But it's the Boston Celtics. They're one of the four best teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm upset is because not because we lost to the Boston Celtics, but the fact that we gave the Boston Celtics this game. That is why I'm upset. <laughs> we had them, man, and it feel it's the same as it's the same as the Clippers game, except that this time Russell Westbrook was playing. Uh, Twitter may have you believe and, and, you know, we may have you believe that maybe we'd been better off in this game if Russell Westbrook hadn't played. But but we had him. Yeah. We had him. Yeah, I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, obviously, Russ didn't shoot well tonight. Um, mm. I think he was, what, 5 of 20, 5 of 21. Yeah. Yeah, so five of twenty. Obviously, yeah. he didn't shoot well tonight, but I don't agree. We shouldn't have had him on the floor because the guy was in a rhythm passing the ball, and his teammates for once yeah. were actually doing some stuff on offense. But man, I tweeted this in the fourth quarter, and, I, and it became more relevant each shot he took. Something was just off of Westbrook's jumper tonight. It just wasn't falling. It it didn't look good, and he just kept putting it up. <laughs> Yeah, man, and, and I mean, I was talking about it the whole game, too. It it seemed like almost every shot, if not every single shot, was short. And most of them weren't even hitting the top of the front of the rim. He was hitting the bottom of the front of the rim a lot. And it's it's really easy, and it's probably correct to put a lot of that at the feet of his knee. <laughs> Which, he, he, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was that was a, a weird <laughs> turn of phrase. But <laughs> he just had knee surgery, and I know he was great in that first game. And 
look, he's had a few days off, but he just clearly, there was a few times where his legs just weren't underneath him. Like, he was suffering from stamina. Uh, I mean, and look, in, in the first half, nobody made shots. And Russ only took five field goal attempts in the first half, which is pretty crazy for him. But even most of those, I felt like, were short. And, God, like it, I would have just rather have seen him shoot one long trying to overcompensate than, than just keep falling short all game long. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you know, recency bias plays, plays a big role in this, but that last shot coming out of the timeout after Marcus Morris hit a three, <sighs> and, you know, like I said, coming out of a timeout on a drawn-up play, Westbrook gets the ball immediately and puts it up without without even taking a dribble. Man, it was the it was the shot from the Nuggets game last uh, in his MVP season, but without the necessity of yeah, it. Yeah, with, with <laughs> like we had 20 seconds. Plenty of time left on the clock, man. Like you didn't even need to shoot a 3 there. Drive in strong yeah. and try to get fouled. Yeah, he was open, but most people are usually open around half court. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%, especially him <laughs> in this game. <sighs> All right, so, I mean, that's uh, that's enough about Russ for now. I mean, we'll get back to him because it's really the story of the game, and if you look at Twitter, it's it's the story of the whole franchise. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a, there are other things to mention, so let's talk about the fact that Jeremy Grant started this game and I don't think he was really that impressive, was he? Like, I, I thought it was a weird choice from the start that Jeremy Grant was coming in for Patrick Patterson. Jeremy Grant, who was shooting 26%, I think, from the field in the season, 10% from three. And it's like, really? That, that gets you promoted to the starting position? Yeah, it was definitely weird, you know, before the game, um, you know, in Billy's pregame availability... You know, Brett Dawson tweeted out that Billy hasn't given us any hints on the starting lineup. He hasn't revealed who's going to be starting, and right then you knew something was up. But everybody was expecting. Well, I think we all I think we all assumed it was about the shooting yeah. guard position at that point, right? Yeah, everybody thought something was happening with Terrence Ferguson, and then you saw Jeremy Grant uh, walk his happy little butt out there on the floor during the to get ready for tip off, and you're just like, what is this? Like, I mean. I guess it makes sense defensively, just because, you know, the Celtics play so small with Hayward and Tatum out there, and Mm. I didn't love Patterson on either one of them going into this matchup, but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Offensively, man, Jeremy Grant's just been struggling. Yeah, that's a good point about the matchups and who Boston plays at the power forward position, because either of those would be a tough matchup for Patterson. Whereas I guess the hope was in the second unit that he would be matched up against whichever Morris they have for most of the game. But, I mean, look, Grant was 4 for 10 from the field for 10 points. And either he looked scared to shoot from three or he wasn't allowed to shoot from three if it wasn't from the corners. And even when he was in the corners, he was being totally ignored. He was getting the Andre Robertson treatment. And... Just to have him and Terrence Ferguson, who, I mean, look, he was great after the All-Star break last season from three. Mm -hmm. 
but he's not proven to the degree that I three point shooting gravity is is a proponent of of reputation in the NBA. Yeah. You have to have the respect of the other team's defenders. They don't care what percentage you shoot. Like Jamal Crawford gets respected. He has gravity. He's a career, he he shoots 33% from the three-point line most seasons. It doesn't matter. People think he can shoot. Nobody thinks that Terrence Ferguson can shoot. Everybody knows that Jeremy Grant can't shoot. <laughs> so we only have Paul George out there in the starting lineup with any kind of shooting gravity, whatever the percentages tell you. Like, that's not a winning recipe. You can't score like that. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking at percentages, uh, <laughs> Paul George is going to start not being looked at that way. Uh, you know, he shot 2 of 10 from deep this game, 7 of 22 for the game. And he kind of started out on fire, honestly. In that first quarter, he hit, I think, his first three shots. Um, but he did get yeah. fouled in the first half, and he seemed to grip his wrist. I don't know if that was lingering throughout the game or not, but I guess I'm just searching for answers because that's my MVP pick, man. What's going on? Man, I didn't even know that. I I, 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 I hope you're right. <laughs> in a weird way, I hope our player is injured. <laughs> Minorly injured. Like, I mean, look, he was, I think, 31% from three coming into this game. Mm-hmm. And then two for ten, that's lower than that. So he'll be... 28% or something, just ballparking it. That's Dre numbers, man. <laughs> the whole team's at Dre numbers, man. Like, they were 7 for 28 from this game as a team from three. And so that's 25%. I think they were around 25, 26, something like that percent coming into this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, so- sorry in advance to any listeners of this for any fuzzy numbers that we're going to throw out. Like, my eyes are fuzzy. My whole brain is fuzzy from watching this game. We're so my red. numbers might not be totally accurate. <laughs> so bear bear with us. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, the one kind of bright spot that you had, the three-point line, well, you, yeah, yeah, one. <laughs> the one bright spot you had was Alex Brandis. You know, he played 19 minutes. He shot two of five. Overall, forty percent from deep. I mean, yeah, the, the bare minimum of being the bright spot. Yeah, man, forty percent. Forty percent from deep is good in the NBA. <laughs> um, but the two threes that he hit were very timely. Um, yes. You know they they were huge momentum threes, and he had a good look at uh, another one shortly after the second three that just barely mm-hmm. missed. And it, if that went in, not only do I think we win that game, but I think the stadium would have blown up. I think. You know, Abrinas should be starting. Conversation on Twitter goes crazy. But, yeah, I, I thought Abrinas shot the ball, you know, really well. And he provided what you was talking about, that gravity. You know, you can't leave Alex Abrinas open on the three-point line or he's going to make you pay. Yeah, and, I mean, that, that three looked really good on the television broadcast on TNT. It, it really looked like it was money. Yep. And... I mean, it's. I I'd like to say that Thunder would have won if he made that three two. I think they would have probably gone up by ten or eleven if it had gone in. But the way the game ended, and I mean, 
Look, Schroeder was good in the first half. He he was really effective, and he was playing really good defense. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, down the stretch, Billy Donovan did not play him. And I'm really curious why that was, why he why he pulled him out after his bench rotation. Yeah, it, it was definitely weird um, because, you know, he started the fourth quarter. Um, I'm trying to see when it was that he pulled him. But, I mean, he was showing, you know, great – he was throwing some great passes – um, he was showing great chemistry with Nerlens Noel and the pick and roll, you know, hitting him on lobs. Uh, he even uh, kicked it out to Ferguson for Ferguson's only basket. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he was doing some great job passing. He hit a couple jumpers, got into the lane a few times. The thing that I noticed about him, though, is he was having some trouble finishing at the rim just because Boston's yeah. bigger, more athletic guards were – you know, getting their hands on balls, so... Rozier. Yeah, Rozier, and I think, uh, what was it? Uh, not Yabasule. Um, Ojale. Semi Ojale. I think he got a block on him, too. Yeah, there there are very few teams in the NBA who are going to have a defensive backup point guard on the level of Terry Rozier. Like, he he's, he's elite. As far as a backup defensive point guard, he's as good as they get. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I got it right here. Schroeder subbed out for Russell Westbrook at eight twenty. He didn't come back into the game. That's a weird choice, though, right? He was so good in the first half, and I know he wasn't very good in that bench stint. But I mean, gosh, like like we were saying, the the Celtics don't really have that power forward that demands that you play a power forward. So. Why Billy Donovan didn't go with Paul George at power forward against Jason Tatum and then go with Russ and Schroeder and Abrinas and name your center because both of our centers played pretty well in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why he didn't shift in that direction yeah. trying to stay large. I, I didn't get it. Yeah, especially because in the Kings game uh, on Sunday, you know that was one of the lineups that was effective. Um, that Russ Schroeder, uh, Paul George, Adams, and then we had Hami as the fifth spot, but you can easily substitute that for Abrinas. It just depends what you're looking for. Um, so it, it was weird that, you know, Billy would, well, I would say it's weird. Some people would say it's par for the course of Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan would stray from something that seemed to work, um, especially, you know, in a crucial moment. Yeah, and I get the same thing with the Kings. Like, I know Nemanja Bialica is a big guy, but he's shooting threes. Like, Paul George could guard him. Mm-hmm. I think the way the NBA is shifting, like, the Thunder have been behind these shifts for the entirety of the existence of the franchise. You had us trading for Kendrick Perkins to match up with the Los Angeles Lakers with Gasol and Bynum just as the league downsized and then we played Perkins for three years too long when by all rights Sergi Baca should have been the starting center for a long portion of that and then now getting even smaller like we have a center who can who can we have two centers who can defend all positions on the floor at all times and we're still trying to play a traditional power forward and I just wonder at what point this franchise is going to catch up to the trends of the league. 
but because it's you like to have as much offense on the court at all times all the bare minimum that you have to do is to be able to defend your opposing position Mm -hmm. if the rest of the league is playing a power forward that paul george can defend he needs to be the power forward there's no reason not to be Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you know, like you were saying with uh, Bielitsa, you know, Paul George could guard him. I mean, you, you got to think Paul George could guard Marcus Morris, too. Absolutely. They're the same. Per- they're, they're the same. They weigh the same, and they're the same height. Why not do that? I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but, all right. So the the Thunder actually like in the fourth quarter they got out to a decent lead. Like they were getting stops and god, they finally stopped fouling. And and a little aside here. I the league is doing this thing with with the freedom of movement point of emphasis and the Thunder might be suffering worse from this than any team in the league. And I get that. We're used to playing physically. But it seemed like every single time two players touched each other in this game, the Thunder got whistled for a foul. And look, how many games do we have to go through this before we make an adjustment mm-hmm. in our play in our style of play? You know? Yeah. Like it's nice it's nice for the first few games to be like this'll level out and there's some been some bad calls. How many games does it take before we figure it out and stop doing it? Yeah, and you know, obviously we have to make that adjustment, but you kind of mentioned in our weekly, um, you know, how the league has these points of emphasis every season and they kind of stray away from them. Not yeah. too long after. Ha- uh, <laughs> we don't have that much time. Yeah. We got to, we got to adjust now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, um, I, Sam Vecini said on his podcast that, you know, they made this adjustment with, like time in mind like to try to shorten the games but in, uh-huh. in turn it's actually making the games longer <laughs> and so you know you're losing your viewing audience this that and other blah 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 from a league standpoint so you gotta wonder when the league's gonna make an adjustment but yeah absolutely man i mean the thunder i mean we're a physical team we're a physical defensive team and we can't seem to keep our hands off guys and uh as chris weber says we keep getting our hand caught in the cookie jar so how many fouls did paul george have in this game he had all of them yeah five fouls he had five (laughs) yeah he had five he's had five fouls in every at least five fouls in every game this season right Mm -hmm. i mean that i mean it he he's been in foul trouble every game yeah i mean that that's for sure that's our best defender without dre so i mean we we can't be in those situations so we, we definitely gotta you know figure something out and you just hope that this doesn't create an environment where physical teams can't survive because that's the entire draft signing and play-by-play strategy of Sam Presti and the Thunder. Like, that's where we butter our bread, and that's that's where we butter the other team's bread. So, like, we, we're going to have to figure something out or hope something changes. And, and yeah, I, I agree with what you said that the NBA's strategy to try to speed games up has backfired. Mm-hmm. But what else is new, yeah. man? Every, every time the NBA tries to change a policy, whether it be about the salary cap or a rule, 
it goes the opposite of how they plan it. So maybe that's how teams should start planning from now on. But back to the game, I guess, if we have to. <laughs> uh, the I mean, the Celtics got into the bonus like four minutes into the fourth quarter. And I think that's something really cool, actually, about their bench lineup is that it's very, like, punishing and post-up and battering. And I think that's going to be something that they benefit from a lot. And conversely, the Thunder's bench lineup is kind of frail, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel is great. Jeremy Grant's great if, I mean, if he plays minutes with the bench. Alex Abrinas... Dennis Schroeder, like, they have frail people on the bench. And that usually leads to fouls. And if the Thunder have to start each fourth quarter bringing their starters back in in the bonus, that's really (laughs) going to be a problem throughout the season. Let's hope that doesn't continue. Yeah, and it's wild, you know. I... I don't know exactly what the Celtics shot from the free throw line in the first half. Again, fuzzy numbers. Um, But I can tell you, in the fourth quarter, they shot 15 of 17. And, I mean, you know, in comparison, you look at the Thunder, they shot 14 of 25 for the Ganga for 56%. The Celtics ended up with 72% from the free throw line. And, like, they started abysmally. So, (laughs) it... You hate to see a team, you know, go through the same struggles as you, but then be able to correct it, and you absolutely just not be able to. Right. It's, I mean, it's, I said it multiple times on Twitter, it's like, why? Why can't we make a free throw? I just don't understand it. They're free points. Yeah, man, it's been really frustrating, the the free throw thing above all else. And I, I still stand by my my theory that it's Russell Westbrook's shoulders are too big. <laughs> That's one player, Steve. <laughs> Speaking of it's one player, I mean, we at, we opened talking about Russell Westbrook and we tried to stop talking about Russell Westbrook, <laughs> but I think talking about the conclusion of this game, I mean, The Celtics ended on a 16 to 1 run and Russell Westbrook took 5 shots in the first half and he shook he took 15 shots in the second half and they ended up 5 for 20 so just by my basic math he was 3 for 17 in the second half and he was still confidently dare I say chucking them up in the second half and they weren't great shots so what do you what do you think, Tillin? Well, he was definitely you know we already talked about shot selection a little bit, but one thing you can say about Westbrook is he wasn't stat padding. Because <laughs> if he was stat padding, he was two assists away from a triple double. If he was stat padding, he and wouldn't have shot those threes late. He would have tried to pass. Thank him God to he didn't get that triple double. Thank God he didn't get that triple double, man. Because Thunder Twitter would be. H-E double hockey sticks from fans of other teams tomorrow if, if he did this and got a triple-double. I it, they are anyways, man. It's it's a dumpster fire on there right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, bottom line, man, Russ, Russ is, he, I mean, Roy said it the best. 
um, Royce Young tweeted, he said, the rust that you expected, the rust, R-U-S-T, I should say, the rust you expected on Russ from his injury that didn't show up in the Kings game was on full display this game. His rust was rusty. Yeah, and it's wild to think that, you know, between the two games, this is the game he doesn't, you know, show up. Like, if Russ plays like he played against the Kings in this game, we won this game home and away. But, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. (laughs) Yeah, man, it was weird. And, like, like we've talked about, every single shot was short, and I... I just feel like that's on his knee surgery. You know, like... His stamina just wasn't there. He died on screens all night. He... There was one crucial fourth quarter rebound that bounced fairly close to him that he just watched bounce back to the Celtics. And... I think it's clear that his athleticism is still there. He made several ridiculously athletic plays in this game. But I think it's very clear that it came in spurts and that he could only do it for a few minutes at a time. And look, you can't do cardio when you're <laughs> when you can't use one of your legs. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So this is something that should get better. And and I mean I'm gonna write an article about this on Thunderous Intention soon. The shooting is also something that just can't sustain this badly. Like, no team in the NBA his, in NBA history since three-pointers became prevalent has ever shot 25% from three. It just doesn't happen. Yep. And the Thunder have good shooters. Paul George, Patrick Patterson, Russell Westbrook, like, is an average NBA three-point shooter Abrinus. from catch and shoot. Alex Abrinas. Even Dennis Schroeder, if, like, if you take his career numbers mm-hmm. into account rather than just last season. Like, there are players on this team who are going to get better. And I tweeted this, and the only hope for Thunder fans at this point is math. (laughs) And that's sad, because nobody likes math. (laughs) I'm an accountant. Dylan just yawned. I'm an accountant, and nobody likes math. Math is boring. But that is the Thunder's hope this season. They will average out. Players will shoot their career averages or something near them. This will not keep happening. We just have to hope that it doesn't keep happening soon enough for it to matter for this season for the Thunder. Yeah, for sure, man. I do have one question for you before we move on. Okay. Does this game push the needle towards Fire Billy Donovan? I look man I Billy Donovan is loving math as much as any <laughs> Thunder fan in the world right now. Like if the math had just been average math, the Thunder would be 3 and 1 right now and Billy Donovan would be just just totally relaxed in his penthouse apartment, but the way the math has worked out so far it looks bad for him, and like I, I, I don't believe it, but I would understand it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think he can be blamed for people just missing shots. I don't think that's on him. Yeah. And I sincerely believe it'll turn around, but 
I mean, man, if like I, I mean, I don't know if they lose to the Suns, and then like how many more will it take? He'll get fired eventually. the The other thing that keeps me from thinking along those lines is then what? Yeah, no, that that's that's the big question, and that's you know conversations I've had with people like you know, you're so quick to fire Bill Donovan, but like, what's your plan after that? Like, promote Mo Cheeks for the rest of the season? That's not gonna work. <laughs> Like it didn't go well last time he had a job. Yeah, like who 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 do you plan on bringing in? Who's gonna do better? So uh, until that question can be, I mean, Sam Presti's a smarter man than I, obviously. So you know, I'm sure he'll find somebody, but I don't know. I, I think something's something's to be said for continuity, but I think there's some there's already red flags. But I think if we somehow drop an LD Phoenix. There's some serious red flags. Man, we we better not lose to Phoenix. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have to answer this question again on our weekly this weekend. Yeah, I don't want to have to talk about it. Well, so well, Booker might missed. You know, he he left in the game late last night. So that's a that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> when you're rooting for the Phoenix Suns to be missing their best <laughs> player in your next game. <laughs> Things have gone horribly wrong. And he's beating All right. All right. Wait, what's that? Oh, shut up. (laughs) We have to cling to these things, man. Yeah. All right. So so with that said, uh, you know, the Thunder team's used to their continuity, and now now we're going to talk about which lineup we enjoyed the most, and it's really hard to come by, but... Man, we're supposed to be a unit. All right, Dylan. So out of the lineups who failed in this game, which was your favorite? You know, I've gone back and forth on this, uh, but I think my lineup is going to be the one that was kind of making some noise there late in the fourth. Uh, which was mm-hmm. Russ, Hami, Alex Abrinas, Patrick Patterson, and Steven Adams. Um, you know, it was an unconventional lineup in the fact that Paul George wasn't out there. Um, and, you know, he's obviously your second best player, but that's when Alex was hitting his threes. Hami did some things. Um, you know, obviously Russ and Steven Adams are the players they are. And Patterson scored seven straight points. So <laughs> that, that, that was probably my favorite unit. Yeah, I'm a hashtag two patriot. <laughs> I, he he should have started this game, man. I I don't understand. I mean, I like you said with the matchups. Like, I guess I get it, mm-hmm. but Jeremy Grant had done nothing to take that position away from him. Like, it just it's not like Patterson had played badly, and we have this awesome player off the bench, like a kind of Ferguson Diallo situation. It wasn't that. Yeah. So I I didn't get it, but. I mean, you mentioned Diallo, and and I don't know if we mentioned him before in this podcast, but he was pretty good, right? Like he he had a good game. He had moments. He he was impressive. There was that one play in particular where he swiped the ball away, and then ran out of bounds, and then jumped back in to block the shot, and then took it coast to coast for a layup. Yep. There was the other one where he went right at Al Horford. 
all defensive <laughs> team center. Now, what was great Al about Horford. that play is he was by himself on the corner, just tripping the ball, and Jalen yeah. Brown did not go to guard him. And Homie's like, all right. And so he put a little cross on him, drove to the rim, absorbed contact from Horford, made the layup. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't shoot great. He was three of seven, but he had five rebounds. He had six points. Airballed one from the short corner. Three blocks and one steal. Three blocks in the first half, too. They were all in the first half. Yeah, so, I mean, Hami's definitely doing some things, showing why he needs to be out there. And, I mean, he's he's big blue nation. So, I'm always going to love Hami. Yeah, Thunder blue. Oh, hush. So, yeah, I mean, we, we had to talk about Hami because I think he just continues to be impressive. Um, so my favorite unit from this game, and I'm going to kind of cop out here and not give you a five. I'm going to give you a one, and it's Alex Abrinas as a starter. Start the Spaniard. Like, my God, there there was a possession in the fourth quarter where he completely locked down Kyrie Irving. Yeah. By all accounts, the best one-on-one player, according to everyone under the age of 20 years old in the entire NBA. Like, he's amazing. And Alex Abrinas totally shut him down and made him kick it out to the corner to not even an open player. Like, he, if he can do anything even remotely resembling that, people just don't leave him on the perimeter. I don't even care if he makes the shots. Like the same with Jeremy Grant, who is getting open shots from the corner and making or missing them. It's not the same. Like if Jeremy Grant shoots the same percentage as Alex Abrinas, Alex Abrinas is more useful out there because people stay close to him. Yeah, for sure. It, he needs to play. And I he's been playing, to, to Billy's credit, to Billy's credit, <laughs> he's been playing Alex Abrinas a lot this year. Yeah. He, he has. Mm-hmm. And I just... If if he's going to be playing Ferguson the fewest number of minutes on the entire team, as he did tonight, then why should he be starting? Just start Abrinas. Yeah. Especially if you're going to start Grant. <laughs> like, get a shooter out there. Yeah, and what... What's like special about uh, the whole starter brain is start Spaniard, if you will. I like it. We should start, start a Spaniard. <laughs> um, what's special about that is the the shots that he got. The you know the points he made in the fourth quarter were generated off the rest, Stephen pick and roll. So, you know, obviously he's creating that spacing for that pick and roll, but he can also you know get shots off the pick and roll. So I think mm-hmm. I think he'd be great out there. Um, Especially, you know, like you said, if he's playing defense like he has, you know, we saw what he was capable of in that Utah Jazz series. You know, he he went out there and surprised some people, and that definitely was a point of emphasis uh, going into the off season. And I mean, it's shown, man. He's he's put work into that defense, and he's he's been playing good defense. Yeah, and there was there was one moment that really stuck out to me in this game. And it was in the first half, and Russ kind of drove down the left side and got caught in the short corner and was almost falling out of bounds and just turned around and was like, oh, there's someone in the corner to throw it to, and passed it out to the corner, and it was Alex Abrinas, <laughs> and he missed the shot, but it was 
it was just the feeling as a viewer of the game where I was like, oh no, Russ is falling out of bounds and has to kick it to a shooter. This is a dead possession. And then it was Abrinas. And even though he missed the shot, it was like, oh, like that turned out to be a good possession. Mm-hmm. Whatever ended up happening, an open Abrinas corner three, that's a good possession. I don't care if it goes in or not. Yeah. So it, it's just the ability of having someone out there who can knock down a shot just changes the whole offense. I I mean, if Ferguson has shown flashes, and the hope has always been that he can turn into that kind of shooter or at least have that kind of gravity, and it hasn't happened yet. But Abrinas has it now, so we, we, we need a win next game. So put out who has it now, right now. Yep. So, so with that said, uh, let's move on to the last segment that we have. Uh, We're going to announce the Thunder's player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get? Do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? (laughs) I'll be sick. No, it's just I don't know. Seems dumb. The Thunder's player of the game, and this is mostly for you, Twitter, is Terrence Ferguson. And I mean, look, this is mostly an ironic choice uh, because we looked at the box score after watching the entire game, and we could not for the life of us identify one player who deserved this. So you know what? Terrence Ferguson shot 100% from the field. He was a team high, plus six in the plus minus. Plus six. What a baller. And and he was tied for second on the team in offensive rebounds. Tied with Second on the team. Tied with five other people. So. Second on the team. <laughs> there you go. Terrence he, Ferguson. He, he played the fewest minutes out of anyone who actually played for the Thunder. Uh, he famously stayed after practice recently mm-hmm. to get extra shots up and followed that confidence-building exercise by taking zero shots in the first half, one shot in the entire game. <laughs> yep. So good thing you built up his confidence for that. There you go, man. Go Terrence Ferguson. Congratulations, player of the game player of the game for not choking on the layup that you made god he almost did though right (laughs) (laughs) he tried to miss it (laughs) it's just thinking too hard man i guess all right all right well thanks for listening and you know sorry you listened because this can't have been fun (laughs) <laughs> I had a good time. We're putting we're putting on a good face, but this wasn't that much fun for us to talk about. I'd I'd rather have not. Uh, so, for the future, hopefully the Thunder have won. But you you'll be able to find us at Topic Thunder on Twitter, uh, at thunderousintentions dot com, and on that website there's a new podcast tab which you can find under more but you'll also be able to find us on the main feed day by day you can find us on now that's thunderbasketball.com on itunes if you're doing that please rate us five stars try not to let 
the bad taste in your mouth from this game give you a bad taste about our podcast and leave us a positive review. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And thunder up. Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.